Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And as always, we appreciate you joining us as we get set to talk about the Titans and what they might be looking to do come draft time. But before we get into all that, Denard, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Yourself? No complaints. It's kind of weird. Uh, the Super Bowl happened this past Sunday, so NFL football is over for the foreseeable future. So now it's time to completely get set on the offseason and then, uh, I guess, get ready to just go ahead and gear up for 2021. It's it's crazy that time's flying as fast as it is, man, but all things are good here in Knoxville. That's great. And congratulations to uh, Tom Brady, his seventh victory, his 10th Super Bowl. I know you We don't have to congratulate him. <laughs> we don't have to congratulate him. We may never see this again, but congratulations. I to hope we don't. Well. <laughs> Stop hating. Nope, I'm going to hate all I want, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. It's all right. But yeah, I Tampa Bay, I, w- I will say though, um, former Titan Ryan Suckup does get a championship ring, so uh, good for him. I know Brett Kern was in attendance supporting his former kicker, but whew, all right, we'll go ahead and we'll get into it. But hey, right. Denard, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by betonline.ag. And hey, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. I had some success last night, Denard, uh, whenever it came to some NBA games. The other night, man, I will say, I, I had the worst hockey beat I've had in my entire life. The Blues were up on the Coyotes. Three to two, and the Coyotes I had had Blues money line, and Coyotes score a goal with one second left, and the Arizona eventually wins it in overtime. But that that one just physically still irks me. But hey, Bet Online they got you covered whenever you're talking about whatever it is. They got awards, TV shows, and even reality TV. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real time odds on almost anything you can imagine, and of course the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Denard, we are turning our attention to the draft. The Senior Bowl was last week, so all the scouts were able to get a first-hand look at some of these guys that are coming into the draft, but I have an idea of where the Titans should go first in the draft. I think we'll probably agree, but for those who don't know, the draft is set for April the 29th, so we we do have a little bit of a ways to go, but as almost everything, it'll be here before we know it. The Titans are drafting 22nd. The possibilities are endless, Denard, and I'll throw it to you. When the Titans head into this draft, what should their strategy and game plan be? Well, I will say this, and I was thinking about it. Do you go rush outside linebacker? Hmm, possibly. Or do you go receiver? You know, last we looked at, uh, when we looked in the playoff game this past year against Baltimore, uh, we had one receiver really doing all of the work, and that was an AJ. And Corey just really wasn't a factor. When we take look at the first game of the season between Baltimore and Tennessee, we saw both of our receivers basically play lights out. CD basically lit him up for over 100 yards receiving. 
So the question is, is do you go receiver? Do you place Corey? Because it's, it's highly unlikely that he will be back in Nashville. It's a possibility, but we don't know yet because free agency really hasn't started. So do you go receiver? Do you go linebacker? You know, I don't think you can go wrong. Do you go cornerback? I mean, look at what we did last year from us. Oh, don't you hate now? First Not of all, hating. he was all over the secondary. And so, well, I got a question for you. Denard, this is anything you, but hating. Before you ask that question, this is I me know. saying that I, that's I not that. our biggest concern, and we have other needs that we need to definitely address before I we know, answer the question. I know, but, well, last year secondary was an issue because you pointed it out last year about our inability to get off the field on third down. So the question that I have for you, are you sold on Christian Fulton, Malcolm, G Malcolm Butler, or Adoree Jackson? I would not say I'm sold. Or Desmond King. Who are you sold on those individuals? I am. I'm not giving a full seal of approval, but whenever I look at the rest of that defensive unit, they are probably middle of the pack as far as where I'm concerned at. So with that being the case, I'm thinking if they do take a corner, it's probably in the third round third or fourth round possibly but i will say this i i do believe they will address i was just messing with you but i do you believe it. i know i think you have to go in the with that 22nd pick you got to go your outside linebacker um last year our inability to get to the quarterback uh we were pretty much last uh in that area when you think about all 32 teams, we were in the bottom half of basically sacks. So do you think that that would be a difference, at least in my opinion? Yes. And this is this is why this is going to be a draft this year that will be deep and a lot of rush outside linebacker, as well as free agency. You don't necessarily have to go into the draft. I mean, I was thinking about the other day when I was reading up on this, some of the big names that are out there. And one of them that steps out to me and, and I'm a big fan of is my man Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan at Washington. I mean, one of the most consistent outside linebackers in the game today. We know what, you know, he does on a daily basis when we talk about on Sundays, when you watch that Washington team, his ability to get to the quarterback or generate pressure. I love Kerrigan. I think he's a big time player. But even right here in Dallas, I think about Tyrone Crawford. I think the sky's the limit for him because he's just really coming into his zone. So at Solomon Thomas, you know, out in San Francisco, a great player, young. And you know what? I don't think that you have to break the bank on, you know, someone like Solomon, but you can get a quality young pass rusher in here. I think his ability to be disruptive. If you look at the job that he did for San Francisco this past year, you have to consider him as a possible choice. I mean, I know that the Davion Clown, he's, um, experiment didn't go well here in Nashville. We were anticipating Jadavion being the X factor and getting this team to Tampa this uh, this year, but that didn't uh, necessarily pan out. But there's so many great players. I mean, you look throughout this draft. You talk about Tryon at Washington, Hutchinson at Michigan, Roach and Russo at Miami. I mean, there's a lot of picks for you. So the question for this uh, organization, John Robertson, uh, the staff, is which direction do you want to go? And I don't think that you can make a bad pick if you go free agency, you get somebody in here who's already a proven veteran, or do you go young? Do you go youth? I mean, that's 
a question this organization has to ask itself. I think they do both, to be honest with you, Denard. I think they're going to go ahead. I mean, John Robinson, his his style whenever it comes to draft time typically is just drafting the best player on the board. So I am interested to see if he kind of goes against that. Just if he does view this edge position as such a need, as such a big need. Uh, the number, I would say the top two guys, I was looking through a bunch of different mock drafts. And whenever you're looking at who the experts are kind of, I'll say slotting for the Titans at 22, the two names that were the most common were Texas edge rusher Joseph Asai, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm-hmm. and Georgia linebacker Aziz Ojolari. And I've I've seen Ojolari play. I, I can speak to him firsthand. He is he seems like the real deal to me. Now I know he's got a is it his brother or cousin that I think's the LSU Denard, so um I think that's correct. But definitely a very athletic guy and I mean he's just so quick off the edge, which is just something that the Titans need desperately, just somebody that's able to get to the quarterback. And I, I think he does a really good job at that. I mean, when I was looking at some of the guys like Bucky Brooks of NFL.com, had him go in there. Uh, ben, ben Lindsay of Pro Football Focus even had Ojolari go into the Titans at 22. And so just when you kind of start to really see where a lot of these guys are slotting them, again, like they're, they're not going to – it's never going to shake out like you expect, but, I mean, no. these are common names and – and there's a reason that you're seeing these guys over and over again in the first round is because they're high-quality players. And when you look at what the Titans most desperately need, I think most everyone is in agreement that that edge rusher position is up there. Now, I will say, I mean, if you don't go edge rusher, uh, a name I saw for the de- interior defensive line, Christian Barmore from Alabama. I mean, dude's a beast. If you watch the national title game, I mean, he was everywhere. Everywhere. And, you know, Daquan Jones is a free agent. Could the Titans be looking to replace him? I don't know exactly what Daquan's market is going to be. And so, at the end of the day, I think Adam Schefter reported the other day, we're looking at around $181 million whenever it comes to salary cap for the 2021 season. So, you just have to factor all these things into account. Who are the guys... And again, like by the time draft day comes, as I said, that's the end of April. We're we're still here in February. By the time that comes, I mean, the Titans will have re-signed some of their guys. They've, they'll have gone out into free agency and hopefully landed some big fish. I mean, I feel like this is a lucrative spot you would want to come play for right now whenever you're looking at, well, the offense seems to be pretty sound. Definitely some needs on the defense, but you're still returning a large portion of the team that, has gone to the playoffs for the last couple of years. You won the division last year. And when you look at the AFC South, it shouldn't be a very if if you're if you're looking to win right away, I, I feel like this is a, a good division to come to if you're looking at the Tennessee Titans. We know Houston's got all their problems. Jacksonville, first year head coach, likely a first year quarterback in drafting Trevor Lawrence. The Colts, they don't have a quarterback. They're possibly looking to trade uh, for Carson Wentz. I mean, there's just tons of options they can they can go with. But 
I mean, right now the Titans look as though they are the odds-on favorite to repeat. And until I see something from those other teams as far as making some stunning moves, I, I expect the Titans to be in that position. Denard, outside of edge rusher, like who are some guys that you're really keeping an eye on? Well, you know, as far as edge rushers, I like Xavier Thomas out of Clemson because I had a chance to really break him down. Six foot two, 270 pounds. If you watch number three in that playoff game against uh, Ohio State, he was all over the field. You're talking about his ability um, at times to get to fields. He was the only really the I really feel like it was the pulse of that defense and reminds me a lot of Dwight Freeney, who used to play for the Colts all those years. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but he, when he lined up on that edge, you knew if you were a tackle, if you're that left tackle, you had your work cut out for you that day. And I love his play and I love his ability, number one, to be disruptive. That's what you want in a defensive end or edge rusher. You want somebody that you know that nine times out of 10, they're going to be able to get to that quarterback. I mean, if you look at the game, I would say, for instance, take Kansas City. You look who their stud is. You look at Frank Clark. That's the first thing you mention when you think about that Kansas City defense. You look at his play. You look at his level of how consistent he is every Sunday or Monday or Thursday night, his ability to get not only be disruptive on that edge, but you always have to account for that one guy. And when you, able, when you always account for that rush in, you think about in the days of Lawrence Taylor, you think of the, the days of Reggie White. You know, it always started with that rush in. You think about when the Tennessee Titans were uh, back in the early 90s or the early 2000s, I mean, late 90s, early 2000s. You think about Javon Curse, just a great player out of the University of Florida. For instance, you, you think about Tampa this past weekend. They won a 3-4 defense, and I'm not going to get off course, but you saw what happened when you saw Sue and Vey and Golston and Pierre Paul, you saw how they made Patrick Mahomes' night very uncomfortable. So that should tell you right now that we need to go out and get the same kind of production on our defense. And so when you look at this team and I look at the Titans, I love Xavier Thomas, but once again, when you go into free agency, I, I love Ryan Kerrigan. How can you go wrong to bring in a free agent that is a proven vet? He's a Pro Bowl player. And you think about how many sacks that he's basically had over the years. I mean, he's on course to, I mean, put up like almost the Michael Strahan numbers. I mean, he's ha having a Hall of Fame career. So, I mean, we can look at that and, and it just depends on what you're looking for in, an, you know, in a player um, as far as the Titans, you know, organization is concerned. Yeah, I know. You mentioned that right there, Denarda. The John Robinson's guys work cut out for him this year after how things went with the first-round pick last season with Isaiah Wilson out of the University yeah. of Georgia. That one, obviously, definitely very problematic right now, and we'll continue to monitor that situation. But I said it before a couple of weeks ago, like I don't expect to ever see Isaiah Wilson take an actual snap with the Titans with the way things are trending. But when you you kind of look at this draft and – I know we're kind of hung up on the edge rusher position, but that's just because of how important we, we view it. One of the things about most mock drafts that I've seen and the teams that are drafting in the top 10, not many, like I, I haven't seen many mock drafts where you even have an edge rusher in the top 10. And I think some of that speaks to 
there's not a clear cut guy. Like there's no Chase Young in this year's draft class who you're just like that guy looks like the best player in the draft and he's going to dominate from day one. I don't necessarily see that whenever I'm looking at the class of 2021, but there are a lot of quality edge rushers that are up at the top that I think scouts are going to really have a difference of opinion whenever they're trying to determine exactly who is the best. And so you're really going to have to rely on just your ability to evaluate talent and pick out which one of those edge rushers you view as the one to go up and get. Because they're, like, sorry, you mentioned a couple of them, but I mean, Rozu out of Miami, yeah. Ojolari, Thomas, and Joseph. Like, it's yeah. it's really just anyone... Like, I know I'm kind of struggling with this, but it's just yeah. because it's so up in the air. Like, no one's yeah. definitely like, this is the best one. And I, I, I'm yeah. kind of like, well, how should I well, describe well, it? The, like, well, describe, I'll, I'll tell you like this is, is you're not looking at who's the best. You're just trying to figure out who best fits your scheme. That's what happens a lot of time when you go to pick a guy. Unfortunately, he don't really, he doesn't fit your scheme of what you're trying to do. It's all about what are you trying to run? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? And how do you think that guy fits into what it is that you're trying to, uh, you know, what you're trying to get done on Sundays? Listen, it's kind of like taking a defensive back in free agency. You might have a guy who's a really good cover two corner, but he's really, he has, uh, he's subpar in man to man, but you want to run man to man. For instance, you know, it's like me going over to Minnesota you know, coming from Denver and Tennessee, where you basically run a thousand different coverages. You're basically a zone, yet you're a cover two team. And then all of a sudden you take a guy who that's his strength, but I want him to come in here and I want him to play like Dion and just line up every play and play cover one man free. And that was something that I actually struggled on trying to do it every play. Now, if you mix it up every now and then, then I feel like I have the ability to go a whole game and play. If I can play five to 10 snaps of man to man, I'm good. But at 30 years old, I realized I needed to be in the, my previous system at Denver or Tennessee, where you're doing a multitude of different things. That's what you have to do when you're evaluating a player. You have to see, okay, if I'm evaluating a guy in college, say I'm evaluating Xavier Thomas, I need to look at him on film and see what kind of defense do is Brent Venables running up there um, at Clemson? Is he running a 3-4? Does he fit into a 4-3? You have to take all of that in consideration. You think about Tampa. Tampa really doesn't, they don't They don't have a true defense in. Pierre Paul is your DE, your DN. But what they had the other night, if you watch that game, is you basically watch three guys basically win up front against five. So it really put uh, Kansas City at a disadvantage when you got five guys on your interior line that can't block three and those three guys were able to generate much of the you know pressure on that on Mahomes. So it, it, it you know and you have to ask yourself the scheme that you run in Tennessee you know is it the same scheme that he runs at Clemson vice versa you know you might see a guy like Shaka Tony at Penn State and say you know what he fits really good in what we're trying to do. He may not be the biggest guy in the world but you know what? He's able to get up field. That's what we want to see. How How is he in pass cover? Sometimes you might ask your defensive ends at times, I need you to cover. Do you have the ability sometimes to take that tight end, you know, out of the, you know, when he's on the line of scrimmage and cover him man to man? We saw that a few times this past year, you know, where you saw Harold Landry, you know, in coverage, you know, and made some really great plays. So 
it's all about what you're looking for. It's all about how does that guy fit your scheme. That's why you will see coaches, they spend countless of hours just 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 basically just studying every guy's movement, their every every play, every snap that he takes to make sure that when we if we make this choice to go with, say, Quincy Roche at Miami, we want to make sure that this is a guy not he's not this is a player that's not going to just come in here and just uh, play a couple snaps. We're looking at this young man for the long term as well. We don't want to just sign somebody to come in here and, and fill a slot. We want to see a guy come in here and be productive. And so that's, those are the questions that this staff is asking themselves right now. Yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I, I'm i really excited. Like, I, I love the draft. Like, yeah. our draft day is Christmas all over again for me, Christmas morning. And one is just the, the idea of hope of this guy might be the one that can help elevate your franchise to the next level. And I just... Every every year, like I'm just always like scouring through mock drafts, just trying to see what's going to happen. And I, I mean, I said it said it earlier. I just I really want to see what John Robinson's going to do. You were talking about the wide receivers a bit ago, and one of the things that kind of scares me is you mentioned Corey Davis is likely gone. There's not a lot of quality free agent wide receivers this year, and so looking at that. I think Corey's going to be able to have several bidders that would offer more than I would normally anticipate just because there are so few options at wide receiver that are going to hit the open market. And with that being the case, outside of Corey, I mean, you're hoping to get Adam Humphreys back, but you really don't have a number two. I know the Titans use the tight end position a lot, but you really need another guy that could possibly be a deep threat. We know Humphreys is a slot guy. And if teams are able to just focus in on AJ and you don't have that number two, that's really going to limit, really eliminate the Titans ability to use the deep ball. And we know Derrick Henry is a beast to be reckoned with, but you really need to have that idea of we can take the top over, take the top off over a defense. And so having that number two receiver is critical what I will say to that is that this year's draft class at wide receiver is pretty deep. Now, I know early on, like some of the first names that are going to go off the board, your boy set out this year, but Jamar Chase is likely going to be the first wide receiver off the board. LSU. I know a lot of guys have kind of, I guess the, the casual fans, some of them have kind of forgot since he didn't play this year, and you really kind of get caught up with, oh, Devonta Smith. Devontae Smith is great. I mean, he won the Heisman. There, there's no Wait, wait, wait. You just, first of all, you said Jamar Chase was going to be taken first, and you basically, you left out the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. This I is know. the second time you have disrespected the University of Alabama. Um, you know what? And that's why you don't like Jeremy Pruitt so much, because he came from Alabama. But listen, this is what makes me mad. I love Jamar Chase because you know how I feel about Louisiana State University. But again, it's just like Mac Jones. You always disrespect these Alabama guys, these players. They, they only thing they do every year is win the national championship. And how in the world did you just say Jamar Chase, who basically set out this year because of COVID? You didn't. We already talked about Devontae Smith might be the first uh, pick in this draft. No, I don't care no. what you say. You D keep D talking about D Trevor Lawrence. I'm tired of this. 
Denard, how would you like to? We can have a, a gentleman's wager on this, but well, I we honestly do believe Jamar Chase is going to be the first wide receiver off the board come draft. Deserve, deservingly so, yeah. And but you know what, David? Let, let me say this right now, as I alluded to earlier about our inability in the divisional playoff game uh, to have that number two. But real quick, we're not getting any of these guys. None of these guys are falling that low. I was just kind of no, 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 no. Okay. No, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is this. Look at this past weekend, okay? Who who won the Super Bowl this year? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, I just wanted you to say that. But let me tell you something about their perimeter. You can talk about Mike Evans being a number one receiver, right? That dude's had over yes. a thousand yards every year. Thank you. That's what I wanted you to say. Chris Godwin. He's great. What about him? Okay. Antonio Brown. He's the definition that karma's not real. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's Brinkowski. The, the, last year, the guy was throwing rocks at UPS okay, drivers. That's okay. Now he's, that's he's okay. I know. That's all right. He, he, was, he was going through some things. Okay. We talk about Gronk. Okay. You talk about Brady. Think about this. You look at this team. Tristan I go Wirfs. look at Kansas City. I know. You think about this Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hartman, then you got Travis Kelsey. You go back to Tennessee, let's go back to that Baltimore game, and when you look at our playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that was able to generate how many points? 13 points? 13 yeah. points. Okay. I know you didn't. So, again, look at this. You don't just have a number one and eight. You know, we have A.J. Okay. Outside of A.J. that game, who else stepped up and played big on the perimeter? No one. If you want to go deep, into the playoff, it's imperative that you have playmakers on your team. As great as Tom Brady is as a quarterback, he is arguably the greatest to ever play this game. Do you think that Tampa would have brought him in if they didn't have Godwin, Brown, Evans, Gronk? He could have stayed at New England. And we saw how that, how that panned out last year. You have to have guys on the perimeter that make plays. If you don't have that, you don't have a chance to advance uh, in this game. That's the way it works. And this team, they got to go out right now. You're right. There's not a high-quality or high-profile uh, free agent receiver on the market. So you got core. We don't know what's going to happen there. So right now, you know, this organization is probably saying, you know what? We gave up 20 points to a Baltimore team last year in the playoff that we was able to beat down in Baltimore the first time. Our defense played pretty good. They gave up 20 points other than those couple of runs by Lamar. So I'm sitting back saying that maybe we need to go receiver. We got the 22nd pick. So right now, I'm anticipating Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, probably they're going to probably be gone by then, okay? Uh, the guys that will be gone by the time we're drafting, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, maybe Rondell Moore. But I got a name for you. You got Stage uh, Surratt. You got Terrence Marshall Jr. What um, about a guy that I love? And, and I'm going to tell you this. And he reminds me a lot of A.J., Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Could you imagine pairing him and A.J.? And he might fall somewhere between that 22nd or uh, the second round. Uh, Tony, so, Denard, some of those names I think are great. They're not first-round talents compared to a lot of the other guys. So I, I definitely think their options come second or third round. I mean, like when we're talking guys like Amari Rogers out of Clemson, uh, Surratt, yeah, out of Wake. 
Definitely second, third round guy. I mean, I like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Like that, that, guy, that kid lit it up. Uh, but I, I like Kadarius Tony. I've, I've watched him torch uh, the Vols defense numerous times. I don't necessarily view him as a. I mean, he's more of a slot guy. I, I don't see them lining him what? up. He, he can't. Sl- Are you serious? Who's the playmaker for Tennessee? Uh, well, let me guess his name. AJ, right? AJ Brown out of Ole Miss. He went second round. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but he's a star receiver now in this league. They could play him outside. I mean, like, he can line up almost anywhere, but I'm just saying. What about Amos, uh, Ross St. Brown out of USC? He He's a guy that, I mean, he's up there. Uh, I mean, outside of, he slotted as about the uh, sixth or seventh, I think, according to most guys. So he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull. I wouldn't pull the trigger on him for the first round, but definitely the second round. He's great. I, I'm not saying don't go get Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius Tony is a great wide receiver. I'm just saying Chris Godwin for Tampa Bay, who basically lit it up Sunday night against that Kansas City defense, was a third round draft pick out of Penn State. There's no such thing as it's just basically it's not who's the best, who fits your scheme. So the thing about it, I look at this. What about I got a great name for you. Dwayne Eskridge. You know what school he's from? Hold on. Uh, he's from the same school as Corey, right? Western Michigan? There you go. Western Michigan. Again, has all the physical attributes as Corey. Again, an explosive player. I watched a, If you watch film on him, you will see his ability to create space, to create some distance. That's what you want to see when you're trying to say, you know, do I take this guy? What am I looking for? Am I looking for a guy like a Hans Ward who's a chain mover? Okay. What is a chain mover in NFL? Those are guys you think of like, um, like AB when he was at Pittsburgh. He's going to work you in between the chains. It's two to three, the seven yards. When you think about third down, those are the guys that you, you, you look to go to. That's where Big Ben made his money. You think about a player like Wes Welker. Those are what we call chain movers in the National Football League. Wes Welker is on the cusp of going to the Hall of Fame. He should have got voted in this year, by the way. But those are the guys like Hans Ward made a living at doing that. He's not somebody that's going to take you over the top all the time, what we call the 50-50 goal. That's Randy Moss's job. But when you talk about chain movers, you've got to have those. Those are imperative. So what are you looking for? You know with A.J., you got a quality receiver. Not a, you got a Pro Bowl player. You got a player that's on the cuffs of greatness. He can take you on the top and he can take you in the middle of the slant. He has the overall. He's got everything. He's the overall player. You got to find somebody that's going to compliment him. And that's what Corey was able to do last season until we got to the playoffs or down the last two games in the season. So that's what you have to have is that you can't have everything or predicated on what AJ is going to do because that right there would take away really what you want to take a bit, take away about 40 to 50 percent of what you want to do on offense if everything goes towards number 11. So you got to find somebody in here that can play alongside him, which means it's kind of like if you think about the days of uh, Dallas, you know. They had, remember your old Tennessee, uh, was Har- Alvin Harper. He takes you deep, but then you had to play Michael, Michael Irvin, who was a chain. He's going to work you in the chains. He's going to do the slants. He's going to do the hitches. He's going to do what we call on the route tree, the intermediate routes. He's going to go in the middle. He's going to do those things. But then I can hit number 80. If you look at the Super Bowl against the Bills, you saw Alvin Harper, old, former Tennessee volunteer, making them the, 
them great catches from uh, Troy Aikman. So that's what you got to find. You got to find somebody that's going to come in here that's going to compliment number 11. I agree. You agree? Did you just say you agree? Yeah, you got to find somebody that can co- compliment. You must be sick today. I'm just saying, if you're wanting to go with a guy that's <laughs> very good in the crossing routes, that has a Corey Davis esque stature, there's some other guys that I think you could probably wait till the second or the third round. You could you could get, but we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, I really do wish they could. They could re-sign Corey. I just, I just don't see it that. It can as an happen. Option. It's a possibility. Yeah. You never know. It's a possibility. Well, we covered edge rusher and wide receiver Denard so far today. What other we we can tease this for next week. Because again, it's long off season, but what other positions of need do you think the Titans really need to make sure that they address early in this draft or free agency for that matter? I know you kind of mentioned the cornerback position. I still think it just depends. Yeah. It's, it just, it depends on what you're sold on. You know, right now we're just speculating on what we think is going to happen. Okay. And it usually is the other way around. When you go into a staff meeting, what they do is they evaluate each position and each player, okay? They know that they're going to lose some guys to free agency. That's inevitable. That's just the way it works in this league. So right now, they're looking at this. John Robbins, they're look. They're in his office, and when they're getting ready for this draft, that's why when you ever see the draft board, you know, when they show it on television, and you see all these names on the board, and then you see all the little – I don't call them little stickums, and it has this guy at this position, starters, free agents, guys are gone. What they're doing is they're just going right now and they're looking at, say, the OLB, the outside linebackers. And they say they look at and they say, Derek, they see Derek Roberson. They see Hale Landry. And they're saying, OK, you know, they're going through an evaluation. You know, what was this guy able to do last year? You know, how many sacks did he get? You know, how many pressures? They go through where they basically watch every clip on you from week one to week 16. Then they go through the cornerbacks this year and they're saying, are we really sold on Fulton? You know, Malcolm Butler, you know, Desmond, when we made the trade for Desmond and then a Dory, we don't know his situation. You know, will he be healthy next year? We don't know that. So there's so many needs right now. I just think right. I think the Achilles heel and I agree with you is that outside linebacker uh, position. And I think they really have to make sure that when they make that decision and that choice, whether they go through free agency, a guy that, like I said, Kerrigan is a proven vet. Do you go free agency and pay him the money or do you go draft? I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm just like you. I'm just like every other Titan insider. I'm anticipating they're going to go with a rush edger. Is it free agency or college? Only time will tell. We'll be here to keep you all posted on it. I don't know. Another thing, Denar, we got to get into at some point is what do the Titans do about the backup quarterback position? Because I, I do think at some point you have to start thinking about Again, I know it's not an immediate future situation because you got Ryan for the next several years, but do you have a franchise quarterback that you can see playing for a decade plus? And right now, I mean, Ryan, I think we all like Ryan, but it's a decade that's that's kind of outside of the realm of how long we can expect him to play at a high level. 
But all of that, much more to get into in the future weeks to come. But Denard, as always, buddy, glad you're here. I'm glad we were able to talk some Titans football. Because even though it's the offseason, you can never get too much of it. And whew, we just got a lot to to keep discussing as this offseason moves along and the Titans start to head into free agency. They start to head into the draft process. Until next week, keep it locked in here. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.